it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I do. I think it's an extra phase to the offense. Deep shot. Claypool, Roethlisberger, perfectly thrown. Ten touchdowns in ten career games for Chase Claypool. Blow out the candle, Juju Smith-Schuster. Look at Claypool, one-on-one, and right there was Clay Brooks, who stopped his feet for just a nanosecond, motioning to something up in front of him. I'm not sure what. He just needed to be on his horse and in coverage to the outside, and Roethlisberger puts it in the perfect spot. And, of course, the way this season has gone, Claypool converts. Another touchdown for him. 
All right, everybody, welcome back to the program. That audio was courtesy of the National Football League and CBS Sports. That was Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Ben Roethlisberger throwing a touchdown pass to wide receiver Chase Claypool. And, of course, with the Steelers picking up an impressive victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars in week 11 of the 2020 NFL season. We have a gentleman that's going to be coming up shortly to talk about all things Pittsburgh Steelers, the win over Jacksonville, and the Thanksgiving game against the Baltimore Ravens. And his name is Jeff Hartman. But in the meantime, I'll tell you what, the Steelers remain the only undefeated team in the National Football League. Ben Roethlisberger is playing at a high level. Uh, once again, he's coming off of that elbow injury that he had last year. He's looked solid. He's definitely in the talk of being one of the MVP candidates. Also, Chase Claypool, not just Chase Claypool, but all of the other receivers that played well. Juju Smith-Schuster's played nice this year. James Washington, Deontay Johnson's been great. The running game has been a nice one-two punch with the likes of James Conner and also Benny Snell Jr. So definitely the Steelers offensively, they've got it going on defensively. Excuse me, defensively, they've got it going on right now. I mean, you've got uh, the likes of uh, Cameron Hayward. Also, you've got Bud Dupree, who's been a monster. Vince Williams has been great. How about uh, Minka Fitzpatrick? Minka has been great. Minka has been so outstanding. I don't, you know, I think within the last two years, he's been one of the best the Steelers have made one of the best trade acquisitions in all of the NFL. He's been, I mean, Mika, Mika Fitzpatrick, since he arrived from Miami, has given the Steelers secondary just uh, a, a, a ray of a ray of hope in the secondary. And we can't forget about uh, Joe Hayden. Joe Hayden has been nice as well as well as Steven Nelson. So, you know, we're going to have Jeff come on to talk more about that Steelers team as well as the upcoming game against uh, the Baltimore Ravens on Thanksgiving. Definitely Pittsburgh, um, I guess I mentioned earlier, the only undefeated team left in the National Football League. Pittsburgh, Kansas City could be a preview of the AFC Championship or maybe Pittsburgh-Baltimore. Right now the top three teams are Kansas City, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh in the AFC. But you can't forget about the Indianapolis Colts and the Tennessee Titans. They've got something to say about this as well. So while we get uh, Jeff on the program, what we're going to do is we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll have Jeff Hartman from Behind the Steel Curtain. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is your butt. There are many things you can do with your butt. Your butt can make you a winner. If you insist on sitting, at least take your butt around the block. At night, your butt can get you moving. Nice butt. Whatever you do with your butt, get off it. I do. I think it's an extra phase to the offense. Deep shot. Caught. Touchdown. Claypool. Roethlisberger, perfectly thrown. All right, everybody, welcome back. Again, that audio is courtesy of CBS Sports and the National Football League. That audio that you heard was Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Ben Roethlisberger throwing a touchdown pass to wide receiver Chase Claypool in the Steelers' victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars in Week 11. And now we have him on. We want to welcome to the program from behind from the Behind the Steel Curtain podcast, Mr. Jeff Hartman. Hello, Jeff. How's everything? Good. How are you doing today? 
I'm doing well. Thank you once again for taking your time out of your busy schedule to be on the program. So let's get right to it. There's a lot going on in the league right now. Let's start off with the Steelers' victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mentioned earlier about Ben Roethlisberger. We'll talk more about him in uh, just a little bit. But give me your highlights and lowlights from this game against Jacksonville. Um, the highlights would definitely be the defense. I mean, you hold a team, I don't care who they are, the three points in the National Football League, you're doing something right. You add four interceptions onto that. Um, the Steelers' defense played tremendous football. They they got big plays when they needed it. Um, it they're an elite group, period. I mean, they're an elite group. That's definitely a highlight. I would say the low light for me in a 27-3 win it would be the fact that in the first and third quarters, the Steelers' offense failed to put up any points at all zero points in the opening frames of both halves. That's an issue the Steelers have struggled with, not just on Sunday, but the whole, the whole season. They've gotten off to slow starts. They've often had to come from behind. While it's worked so far, it, when you get into the playoffs and things like that, you have to start better. So I would say the low lights would be the Steelers' inability to start fast, whether it's the first half or the second half. Okay, now let's stay with this game again for a moment. Again, the Steelers had their way with Jacksonville. As you mentioned, one of the highlights was on the defensive side. Jacksonville, they didn't have Gardner Minshew. Jake Luton was uh, the starting quarterback, but we know Jacksonville's got an effective running game with James Robinson. Did you expect James Robinson to have over 100 yards against the Steelers' defense, or were you confident that the Steelers' defense were able to keep Jacksonville's running game in check? Well, you know, I mean, the, the, Robinson's a great back. Mike Tomlin really talked him up big time coming into the game on Sunday. I would say, though, that I, I did expect the Steelers um, defensively to, to, to tighten up a little bit their rush defense. They had given up over 130 yards at least in the last three games that they had played. That's against Baltimore, against Dallas, and against Cincinnati. So it, it had been improving, but, you know, that that's the area of the Steelers' defense that – is a little iffy, you know, is the run defense. They started out the year like gangbusters. I mean, they were they were all over the place. But uh, as the year has progressed, they've gotten a little bit – little, they've gone a little bit the wrong way. But at the same time, they were missing some pieces of the puzzle. Getting Tyson Alualu back has been a huge help for the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. But I, I thought he'd be around 100. He got 73. So I would say it's a good job by the Steelers. All right, we're going to talk more about the defense in just a minute, but I want to talk about the Steelers' offense. I want to start off with these wide receivers. They have been studs this year. Deontay Johnson, uh, Joe, of course, we know about, we know about Juju, Smith's, Juju Smith-Schuster's pedigree. And how about Chase Claypool, man? He has come out of nowhere and been sensational. Give me your take on, on the receivers and how well they've played so far this year. Honestly, this is probably the deepest wide receiving career I've ever seen in the Ben Roethlisberger era. And he's played with some great receivers. When you think about Antonio Brown, Martavis Bryant, go back to Heinz Ward and San Antonio Holmes, they're just so deep. And when you look at their statistics, there is literally only about 30 yards of difference between Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and Juju Smith-Schuster. All of them have put up four or more touchdowns. Uh, You throw in Ebron, he's a little over 300 yards. He has four touchdowns. Roethlisberger is the is able to just spread the love right now. He is finding the open find the open receiver and hit that player. It's not like it used to be when Antonio Brown was there. You could tell that Roethlisberger felt he had to get Antonio Brown the football. He wanted to make sure he was happy to keep everything copacetic in the locker room. But at the same time, this year, I mean, I don't think anyone predicted Chase Claypool to come in and be as good as he was right away. 
but he's such a physical presence. He's 6'4", 238, runs a 4440. He is dominant on the outside. And you know, it's like he said in an interview today, show me a cornerback that's my size and I'll be stunned because they just don't make him that big. So he's a mismatch nightmare, and he is coming to the NFL really prepared from the neck up, and he's proven it. He's proven he's a game-breaker, and he's drawn a lot of defensive pass interference, and it's opening up things for Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster at the same time. I want to stay with the receiving core for a moment. You mentioned uh, Claypool and, of course, Juju Smith-Schuster and Deontay Johnson. And during the Ben Roethlisberger era, he's been surrounded surrounded around some nice tight ends with the likes of Heath Miller and also Vance McDonald. Eric Ebron was a steal from the Indianapolis Colts. Give me your take on Eric so far this year. Ben, he's been great. Uh, Definitely, uh, I did not expect him to be the blocker that he has become. He's been doing a much better job. Everyone knows his pass-catching prowess, but him as a a blocker has really surprised me this season. So kudos to him for that. He's the most athletic tight end the Steelers have had in a long time because Heath Miller was great, but he was never a guy that could stretch the field and outrun anyone. He was a, a dual threat. He could block well, but he could also get open. Uh, he was Ben Roethlisberger's safety blanket for a lot of years. But they tried to bring in this dynamic tight end with a Ladarius Green a few years back. His injuries kept him out of the lineup. This is what Roethlisberger has wanted since Heath Miller retired, and that is a big target in, in, in a tight end that can stretch the field, those passes down the seam. You saw the touchdown to Ebron on Sunday against Jacksonville. That's what Ben loves to do. He loves that pass you know, play fake or just three-step drop, plant the foot, and then hit him right over the middle. It was a beautiful play. I think Eric Ebron is as advertised, to be honest with you, if not better than advertised because of his blocking. During the Roethlisberger era, he has been surrounded around some fantastic running backs, Jerome Bettis, Willie Parker, uh, Richard Mendenhall wasn't so bad during his time in Pittsburgh, and he's got James Conner. We know James Conner has, has had a, an inspirational run uh, coming into the NFL, you know, with his situation and with the uh, with the cancer, um, the, the leukemia being in remission. And we can't forget about well, Willie Parker, fast Willie Parker. Tell me what's um, J- James Conner's role uh, with the Steelers. Well, right now, if you see this offense evolving, you're looking at an at a running game that doesn't have to be dominant. They just have to be able to run effectively. And so when I look at – everyone wants to look at, you know, 100-yard rushing games. They want to look at overall statistics, and that's fine. But for me, I look at – I want to see certain statistics improve. Uh, short yardage has to improve. They did better with that on Sunday. Also, yards per carry. You know, they were about 3.6 coming into the game. Now they bumped that up to like 3.9 because Connor was 6.8 on Sunday against Jacksonville. He didn't rush for 100 yards. He rushed for, I think, 89. But like I said, that 6.8 average, that's key because you're not going to run it a lot. Everyone knows that. Roethlisberger's offense is going to be throwing the football. But when you do run it, can you run it with, a, with getting a lot of chunk yards and really keeping a defense honest? So Connor's role with this offense is, not what he probably would like. He probably wants the ball 25 to 30 times a game, but he's just not going to get that here. If he can stay healthy, he's a good three-down back. I think they need to lean on him more, not spell him as much with Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland for a series. I don't think the running back by committee thing is going to work for the Steelers. I say they need to focus on Connor, especially down the stretch. 
Yeah, I agree, too. I think Connor's the more complete back. because Again, they can use him in so many variety of ways. I definitely agree with you on that. Just need to uh, keep Connor and not do running back by committee. Uh, let's move along now to uh, the offensive line. Uh, you know, Ben, I've always said uh, Ben Roethlisberger has been the toughest quarterback in the NFL. You can hit him with a locomotive and he'll get right back up. But his offensive line, for the most part, they've protected him nicely this year with uh, David DeCastro and, of course, his uh, Marquise Pouncey and Alejandro Villanueva. Can you just tell me uh, how well, in your opinion, the offensive line has done this year? Well, in pass protection, I don't think you can ask for anything more. In three out of the last four games, the Pittsburgh Steelers have not surrendered a sack. I mean, it's, it's, it's remarkable, the stretch that they're on. Now, Roethlisberger's been hit. It's not like his jersey's not dirty at the end of the game, but he hasn't been sacked. In the last three games, I think maybe it's four out of the last five. I'll have to double-check that stat. But still, pass protection is tremendous. It, the question about the running game isn't protecting Roethlisberger because they've proven they can do that against some of the best pass-rushing uh, defenses in the league. The question is, can they open up holes, holes for James Conner? And that's been a focus um, the last few weeks for the Steelers. And so hopefully they, they get their act together in that regard. But in this offensive line was put together to protect Ben Roethlisberger. And so when you think of it that way, they're doing their job. If they can add on the element of a running game and be a little bit more aggressive and downhill, it's just kind of icing on the cake. All right. Speaking of the icing on the cake, Jeff, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers, their defense has been the icing on the cake for so many decades of that rich franchise with the Steel Curtain. And now this defense has been one of the best in the league with the likes of uh, Tyson Alualu, also um, Cameron Hayward's been great, Stephon Tewitt's been great, Bud Dupree has been outstanding. We can't, I mean, we can't sing the praises enough of T.J. Watt and, of course, Terrell Edmonds and Joe Hayden. How about Minka Fitzpatrick? What a steal he was from uh, coming from Miami. Just give me your take on the Steelers overall this year. I mean, defensively, from top to bottom, good luck finding a better group, in my opinion. I mean, you look at um, – they, they lead the league in um, – I think they lead the league in takeaways. They're they're leading the, the league right now in plus-minus in the differential category. They're plus 12. Uh, they have, I think, 21 takeaways, 15 interceptions this season. I mean, it, it, it all starts it, – it, it, let me put it this way. They're very complementary. The pass rush complements the secondary. And when – the, the T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree are getting after the quarterback. They have to get rid of the ball faster, or you get those tip balls. And next thing you know, it's floating into the hands of Minka Fitzpatrick for an interception. Uh, they've been opportunistic. They have not missed many opportunities when it comes to taking the ball away. But also, just from a regular standpoint, they, they tackle well. They, they lead the NFL in sacks. I, I mean, this defense is giving up 17 plus, 17.6 or 17.8 points per game. And they've already played 10. I mean, that's a, that's a remarkable uh, feat. I don't care who they're playing. It's the National Football League. You don't apologize for your schedule. They're doing the job. And I'll tell you what, like if, if Terrell Edmonds in the back end who had two interceptions on Sunday, if he and Fitzpatrick can play like that down the stretch, you add that type of versatility and that type of dynamic aspect of the secondary combined with the front leading the league in sacks, that's a pretty, pretty elite group. And speaking of elite, Jeff, uh, you know, Ben Roethlisberger has been one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL for a while. Uh, you put him up there with Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers, Tom Brady, 
and Ben Roethlisberger, he's been elite of the he has been the elite of the elite quarterback since he arrived in the league in 2004. Last year, he had that devastating elbow injury. He's back, and he's an MVP candidate. He has been playing very well. Just give me a take on Ben's 2020 season thus far. Well, this 2020 season has been so unique because, like I said, he's never had this type of offense before in terms of the ability to just take what the defense is giving him. And it's always been the, okay, if, if they take away Antonio Brown, where's he going to go? You know, when he had Martavis Bryant, that was different. When he had Le'Veon Bell, the whole killer bees in the 2000, 2014 to 2017 era, which was great, but it, it's not like this. And when you look at the whole span of his career, I, I'm hard-pressed to find any quarterback and, and in recent memory that has changed their game so much from the beginning of their career to where they are now. I mean, if you go back and watch film in 2004 and 2005 and early Ben Roethlisberger era, he was, he was scrambling around, shedding defenders. The offensive line couldn't buy him time. Very rarely did you see a three, four, even five-step drop, and the ball came out on time to a good, good, good route run by the receiver. That is what they do all the time now. He is a system quarterback. That's not a bad thing. He is a pocket passer. That's also not a bad thing. Roethlisberger's game has completely evolved. And he's a complete quarterback now. His his play above the shoulders is what used to be a detriment is now an advantage. Um, it's just fun to be able to watch Roethlisberger come back, not only from the elbow surgery last year, but to come back and to just play well and cap- the way that fans have always known he's capable of playing is a good way to put it. I mentioned that uh, Roethlisberger is an MVP candidate this year. You've got some other MVP candidates in the race as well. Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, also Alvin Alvin Kamara. How does Ben fare in in the MVP race? I don't think he fares well because he doesn't have the gaudy statistics. But I will say this. If there's a year that he at least deserves votes, it's this year. So barring a complete collapse down the stretch – or barring him lighting up the scoreboard, voters are more likely to vote for Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, even out in Arizona, over top of Ben Roethlisberger because he's not doing it flashy. You know, they're winning games, they're scoring more than 30 points a game, but he's not putting up ridiculous numbers. I, I mean, his he's on pace to break his own personal touchdown mark and set a new mark for low and in interceptions, but that's not necessarily going to compare to you know, other quarterbacks in the league. So I do think he deserves some votes. He's never had a vote before in his career. But at the same time, I think that it's not just, it's not going to be enough to get him an actual most valuable player award. We've seen quarterbacks like Drew Brees, Tom Brady, and Phillip Rivers continue to play well into their 40s. And also Aaron Rodgers has expressed that he would like to play a little bit longer. How long do you think Ben will uh, stick around? Well, he has one more year after this one on his contract, so I definitely think he'll stay in Pittsburgh for that. But I also um, I think that the Steelers are seriously entertaining if he's willing, and that's a big if, if he's willing to stick around. I could see them trying to give him a two-year extension uh, to not only decrease his salary cap hit, but to keep him in Pittsburgh because if he still wants to play and he's still playing at a high level, he's proven this year that they can, they can be a Super Bowl contender with this defense and they just need a quarterback to do it. So I, I absolutely think that they would love to have him, but at the same time, I can also see Roethlisberger saying, you know, I've played enough, I've I've done everything I wanted to do, and he calls it a, a career. And if he does that, well, then it's starting over in Pittsburgh. But at the same time, I think the Steelers would love to keep him around maybe another three years after this one if they could. 
Hope he sticks around a little bit longer. He's been one of the best in the league for a while now. All right, let's move along now, Jeff, to the Thanksgiving game, the Thanksgiving night game between the Steelers and the AFC North rival Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore is marching in the Heinz Field, uh, I should say, um, with an attitude because they lost an overtime game to the Tennessee Titans. And uh, Lamar Jackson is just saying he he has expressed, he has said that, you know, we're not made of the right stuff right now. We're six and four. We've got to do better. And he holds himself accountable. He even held some of his teammates accountable. I know you don't cover the Ravens, but we know this rivalry has been intense for a long time. What do you expect from both teams coming in to Heinz Field on Thanksgiving night? Well, there's definitely going to be different motivation for these teams. Um, you know, you think about the Ravens coming off of back-to-back losses to the Patriots and then to the Titans at home on Sunday. And they're basically playing for to, to keep their playoff hopes, meaning staying in the driver's seat for a playoff spot alive. You lose another game, and all of a sudden now you're scoreboard watching. And that's something Lamar Jackson and the Ravens haven't had to do in a while. Um, with that said, the Steelers have motivation to not only keep their perfect streak going and move to 11-0, and but they could put a giant dagger into the playoff hopes of the, of the Baltimore Ravens. And it would basically eliminate the Ravens from having a three-peat in the division if they do beat them on, on, on Thursday night. You throw in the breaking news that's been going on right now that Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins tested positive for COVID-19, and the Ravens are going to be without two of their top three running backs on Thursday night. Um, we don't know if there's any other high-risk contacts right now that I've seen, but other than that, I mean, they're already depleted in a lot of areas. Now you throw in a running back for a team that loves to run the ball. You think this is going to mean Lamar Jackson is going to have to do with his arm, and that hasn't proven to be a recipe for success uh, with the Ravens throughout his career. You're right about that. It seems like, I mean, Lamar is one of those dynamic players, and he definitely has a lot of potential. But you mentioned it, Jeff. He still has to learn the nuances of the quarterback position. And now, as you mentioned, uh, two Ravens players have tested positive for uh, COVID-19. That's Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins. So now, defensively for the Steelers, how do they prepare for someone like Lamar Jackson? Because Lamar, granted, not the best from a passing standpoint, but he's so athletic, and he doesn't have two of his quality running backs. But how do, what, what's the Steelers' mindset, defense mindset, coming in to, uh, main, to neutralize Lamar? Well, the Steelers have had great success against Lamar Jackson in the two times they've played him against him so far as a starter. And it is you basically want to – you need to stop the run and force Jackson to have to throw to beat you. And the Steelers, you'll see him sell out to stop the run. And so with that being the case, you know, I I fully expect the Steelers to have that same approach. They want to stop the run. They want to keep him in the pocket, limit his, limit his ability. You got to really play good gap discipline in the defensive front so that if you give him nowhere to run, meaning you can't get, let him get around the edge. You don't give him a place to step up in the pocket. Um, it, but it all starts with stopping the run. That's that's number one. You got to stop the run. And and, and if if he does throw a risky ball, you got to, you got to take advantage of it. Steelers did that last time they played with Robert Spillane and having the pick six early in the game. You have to take advantage of mistakes when they're, when they're thrown. So I think the Steelers defense isn't going to change much in terms of philosophy and approach to this upcoming game on Thanksgiving night, but it certainly does help when you don't have to deal with Dobbins and Ingram. 
Let's move over now to the other side of the ball, Jeff. We know the Steelers' offense, they've been cooking this year, and they want to keep that consistency going on Thanksgiving night against the Ravens. But we know Baltimore, let's face it, their MO for so long has been defense. They've got Marlon Humphrey, Matthew Judon, uh, the rookie Patrick Queen out of LSU. There's also Pernell McPhee. They have this uh, the recent acquisition of uh, Yannick Ngakwe. So, I mean, Devin DuVernay. So, they've, Baltimore, they've never been slouches when it comes to the defensive side, how are the Steelers' offense? What what does the Steelers' offense plan to do to um, weaken uh, Baltimore's defense? The success that they had the last time they played them, and I would expect the Ravens to come in with a better plan, is to spread them out. You know, the Steelers were going empty. Roethlisberger was basically running things on the fly, and he had the likes of Claypool, Smith-Schuster, Johnson, and Ebron out there as his primary receiving weapons. And the, the Ravens weren't sure what to do in that situation. They were stacking receivers. They were struggling with, you know, whether it was their zone or man coverage. And the Steelers abused it. And they, it was the short passes, and then they would throw in those chunk plays, the clay pool especially. The Steelers are going to have to be prepared for a more prepared Ravens defense. It's going to start up front. They have to protect Roethlisberger, give them time to throw if they can do that. I have no doubt that the Steelers will be able to move the ball on the Ravens but can they score and convert touchdowns in the red zone? They've been very good at that this year. Uh, they are averaging just under 70% touchdown conversion rate in the red zone, and their last three games are at 77.7%. So in that regard, the Steelers have been doing a great job in the red zone. That's what they're going to have to do, protect Ben, convert touchdowns, not kick field goals, and I think they have a good way to win. It's going to be a good one. It's always a great one when the Steelers and the Ravens play. It's a, it's a big rivalry in the AFC North. They've been doing it for so long, and they're going to continue to provide some more memories on Thanksgiving night at at Heinz Field along downtown Pittsburgh. All right, uh, Jeff, before we wrap it up, of course, the Steelers and the Ravens play in the AFC North, but, of course, uh, of course, the news that has broken about uh, the players from Baltimore testing positive for COVID-19, Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins, but also uh, Cincinnati Bengals court quarterback Joe Burrow suffered a gruesome left knee injury in the uh, loss to the Washington football team, Washington football team, excuse me, towards ACL and his MCL done for the year. They also said that's more, they said it was, the injury is worse than once, what was once thought because they said it's more structural damage to his knee. We know that the Steelers and Bengals are division rivals, but just tell me, give me your thoughts on the Joe Burrow injury and his career going forward. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to see that happen to a player, um, and especially when you hear the news that it's not just your typical ACL tear. Like it's ACL, it's MCL, it's other structural damage. And when you have that happen, and now you're looking at a much longer recovery time. And, and at this time, I mean, I, who knows how he, fast he heals, but now Joe Burrow is looking at is, is 2021 season going to be in jeopardy, at least to start. And, and he. I, I don't ever think I'm a Steeler fan, so obviously I'm rooting for the Steelers. But the Bengals, they had a lot of hope in this kid. And so instead of him getting the rest of his rookie year to get experience, the rest of his rookie year to really uh, maybe notch some wins and some moral victory, so to speak, under his belt, now he's having to rehab, and then he's going to have to be thrust into the situation next season. When he's going to be ready, I don't know. It's a tough break. You don't want to see anyone get hurt, not like that. Um, but you know what? It does set the Bengals back a little bit. It's a shame. It is a shame because, I mean, there's so many great years. I mean, the people of Cincinnati really had high hopes for him, all the Bengals fans worldwide, and we wish him, uh, pray for him, have a speedy recovery, and he can get back to being 
what we hoped he would be to become a, a big superstar for the Bengals and, you know, lead the NFL into the next decade or two. All right, well, Jeff, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us on the program. Tell everybody what you do at Behind the Steel Curtain. Uh, yeah, so um, I, I'm the co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, which is the largest fan-driven uh, Steelers website on the Internet. Uh, so you can go to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. We have all the breaking news, commentary, film room, breakdowns, all that stuff there. I'm also uh, the main podcaster on our podcast platform. You can find us anywhere where you get your podcast. That's uh, Stitcher, Anchor, Google Play, whatever. If you can search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, you'll find us, follow us. We give you at least three podcasts a day every single day of the week, so make sure you check us out. Solid. And uh, Jeff, before we let you go, tell everybody where they can find you on social media. And if you have a website, whether it be your website or Behind the Steel Curtain, let them know that as well. Yeah, my my website is BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, so just check that out. But for me on Twitter, you can follow me at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. You heard it from him. He is Jeff Hartman. He is from Behind the Steel Curtain. It's a website that's dedicated to all things Pittsburgh Steelers content. Also, they have the podcast as well, so check it out on the website and follow him on social media. Jeff, thank you so much, and happy Thanksgiving to you and yours, and have a great one. Happy, Happy Thanksgiving to you, too. Thanks for having me. All right, no problem. You got it. We'll be back with more right after this. Of the off. I do. I think it's an extra phase to the offense. Deep shot. Caught. Touchdown. Claypool. Roethlisberger. Perfectly thrown. Ten touchdowns. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.